Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. What? You go, I go, me go, who goes? <laughs> Welcome back, team. Oh, we're wait. back. Uh, we both, if any of you are watching this on YouTube, you can see that myself and Hayden were kind of come to a head way as to who was going to speak. Both the mouths were open, but zero sound came out and no one knew who was going to go first. <laughs> was I was so like, awkward. awkward. Uh, <laughs> you go, I go. Go on. No, you go. Do, do you know what the, the funniest thing is when you go to, so you go to meet someone that you've never met before in your life and you don't know, like I'm very like bro with my handshakes where I'm like high five. <laughs> that's not a handshake. Like, um, <laughs> I'm really bro with my handshakes. So well, high five. Well, that's not a, it's not a handshake then. Well, it's in like, okay, I don't mean like necessarily handshakes, okay. I mean my, my introductions. Like I, I don't feel, I, I hate being really, really formal where it's like straight hand out in front of you. Like I like it to be kind of like yeah. a little bit chilled. So I usually go in, I come in at this angle maybe. <laughs> like if you're on YouTube, you'll see like, I come in halfways rather than actually sometimes I do go full high five, but it's more come down. So you connect to the hands like that. But if someone has a different way of doing it where the, the, because recently because of COVID, like I say this because I met someone on at the weekend and he went to fist pump me. I went to do that. And it was like, (laughs) (laughs) so he fist bumped your high five. I like that though. But the thing is, is as long as you just like laugh, it's not awkward. But it's when you're like, oh, oh no. You know, another thing that's awkward, and I literally did this in the shop yesterday when I was, I went into the shop and I was like, oh, I should get a basket because I don't know what I'm going to um, come out with. You know, when you go in, you're like, oh, come out with something that I wasn't going to go in and get. And as I've turned around, there's like an old man there. And you know, when you're like, you go left, he goes to his right. And you're like, you, you start like dancing. Yeah. And every time I was like, oh, oh. But there's occasionally, like usually it's like once or twice. And every time I'm like, Oh, we're having a dance. And then like, it's a lot of laugh. But this man, I went left, then we went right, then we went left. And then I went to go forward and so did he, as in like, just to hope the other one would move. And we didn't. And basically I was literally like chest to chest with this old dude. I was like, I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Knocked him down. It was literally so awkward as well. Because it was like, you you both tried to dodge him. We both obviously just assumed that that one person would move out the way and then we'd go forward. And so we both committed to just walking forward and just basically just walked to each other. It was like, get out of my way. Yeah. Or, but you probably experienced, I used to have this all the time at the uh, gym where, again, someone knew you would come in and, you know, you'd probably show your personality a little bit and be, you know, a little bit, a little bit more bubbly than normal. And they're not that at all. <laughs> that they've, like, they yeah. don't see the funny side of anything. We used to, so at Eisenhurst, this was what uh, we used to do all the time. So you know yes. you had to take the pictures. I was like, I'm never letting anyone take a serious picture. So I used to get them to do poses, like stuff like this, or I'd get them to do something. So Rosie used to t- like go mad because she used to be like, Hayden, you've got to get, we need normal pictures because all the pictures she was printing was like people. Because <laughs> they used to get printed onto the cards, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming nah. that's obviously not the, the case now. Um, so we used to do that. And I, used, I had this one guy and I was like, okay, right, I need to take a step back. He was like, right, I need you to, I was like, have you heard the song YMCA? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, right, I need you to go into the Y position for me. 
And then I used to go in three, two, one to the M. And he literally just puts his hand down and goes, it's <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> I wouldn't I would dare do that. I'll be too scared. <laughs> because it is like, sometimes you get people come in and you're like, hey, you're right, how can I help? And some people are like, I want to look at the gym. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, have you you been here before? I was like, have you been on our website? Have you seen anything? They're like, no. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we're going to be like a one word conversation. This is going to be great. Like this is going to be ultimately <laughs> so exciting right now. <laughs> I'm like, cool. So like, what are you looking to do? Uh, just use the gym. Cool. Like, um, what you know? What, what your what your goals? What's, what what do you want to use the gym for? Are you looking to use the weights and cardio? Don't know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long ten minute tour, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> But it, yeah, yeah and, and you Good you kind of think you're like either they're having a really bad day or they're just not an interactive person. Like they just don't like interacting with people. They're like just not really fast. Like I was always quite good at like I, I feel like at identifying when someone felt mm-hmm. awkward in the situation, and I would definitely yeah. tone it down a little bit and be like make them feel much more at ease. But yeah, some people like straight, for, look, it's just rudeness is what I, I detest is when someone's like outright rude from the off and I'm like, don't be a dick. <laughs> Mate, like, manners cost nothing. Not Like manners literally cost know, nothing. Like, and I'm such a, a fiend for being like, there's nothing, there's nothing easier than just being, just be polite. Like politeness doesn't cost you anything and it goes far. Anyway. Yeah. Let's get into very, talking very about today's topic, which is about how to lose your first five pounds. Now, you might be thinking, cool, we're going to kind of like break it down exactly how you're going to work uh, out all your nutrition, everything like that to work out how to lose five pounds. But what we're actually going to do is how to lose your first five pounds, but with looking at everything that kind of you currently do, which is not supporting you to lose your first five pounds. So we're really going to kind of myth bust and look into how you now would go about that and how you actually want to go about it and what things are hindering you basically from losing those first five pounds and how if you can overcome these things and look at shifting your mindset, where your focus is and your expectations, that you will then ultimately lose your first five pounds, which is a great kickstart for anyone. So, Mr. Hayden Rolf, do you want to kick things off with kind of... Well... Yeah, I think the, I think the first bit is you kind of started to allude to it a little bit, but I think the first bit is actually like you always allude. say that um, allude, yeah, allude. Mm, you kind of alluded to it earlier. <laughs> so, yeah. He alluded to it earlier. <laughs> oh, Hayden Rolf here. Um, so Ooh, itchy now I've lost thought. Oh, there we go. What were we saying? Oh yeah. So the first thing we're actually going to talk about is probably the reasons why a you can't lose the first five pounds and B, why you can't sustain that first five pound loss. And it goes back to all the old traditional dieting methods and everything that you ever led to believe to what was successful. So we'll kind of break down those components. Now, the first thing I think is the most important is Mm -hmm. your expectations. Now, for whatever reason, whenever we start any kind of dieting phase or anything, like you think that instantly like you should be looking like um, um, Barbie or something within the first <laughs> I, I, I week. Have no, I, I was going to say Ken, but I, was like, I don't think we're going to listen to this. of women we've helped, I've never on a, on a form. And we, we've had like probably over 3,000 forms and applications to work with us. I've never once seen, what is your goal? Look like Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. I've never <laughs> once. Look like Barbie. A Barbie, doll, a Barbie doll's even around there. I was going to. 
Are they? Of course they are. What about Action Man? I was, um, was going to go down. Well, this is what I was going to say. I was going to go Action Man apps, but I was like, I don't think any of our listeners are going to be going for well, Action Well, you know, you, 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 yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like, some people will be searching for apps, but that again is like a society thing, isn't it? How Barbie and Ken and how Barbie and Action Man were created with this perfect ideal uh, physiques, as it were, as to what the ultimate representation of a woman and an ultimate representation of a man looks like. Suspect. Suspect. Yeah. Anyway. But yes, so people just expect straight from the off, like in the first week, that you are going to lose five pounds. Like you are going to see a notable difference in yeah. the uh, mirror and it's going to be this perfect journey. And inevitably when that doesn't happen, that's when you start to feel like a failure. That's when you stop doing the things, maybe the habits, the good habits that you had actually picked up over the first few days. That's where you stop doing them because psychology wise, you're probably thinking like, oh, well, you know, I'm trying. What's the point if I'm not getting the results? But there's so many factors to why you are not going to instantly in that first week drop five pounds. Don't get me wrong. Some people will. Some people may lose a big, big amount within the first two weeks, which then brings me into the second point as well is after you've lost that first five pounds, you expect that trajectory to continue. You expect every single week you should be losing Mm -hmm. five pounds because the first week you did. like. These are the kind of concepts that are getting yeah. you stuck. And, and, and on the note of that, it's really interesting. The amount of people that were always like, when you first start dieting, that first week, you will always have a big loss. You drop a lot of water and carb weight. And so many people are like, yeah, yeah, I know. But, but you're still so hung up on that. It's like, you know it, and you know that it's just a majority of water and carb weight. Obviously, there'll be a little bit of body fat loss in there, but it's not going to be the whole five pounds, for example. But yet we still suddenly are like, cool, so only the second week, I want to have the same. And it's like, we've just had a conversation about in that first week, you will always drop more because you drop a lot of water and carb weight from the reduction in calories and ultimately a reduction in carbs, which always happens. Yet you suddenly are like, yeah, cool. So we're going to carry this on for the next few weeks. It's like, we've just had this conversation that this happens in the first week, not the second week, not the third week, not the fourth week. Like you always have it slow down. And then when it slows down the second or third week, you're like, yeah, but you know, it's always faster in the first week. And they're like, yeah, but what have I done differently? Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, Hold on, you're, you're acknowledging what we're saying, but then you're also not acknowledging it. Like, you're like, yeah, it's because I dropped carbon water that first week, but I'm still going to be stressed, annoyed, and frustrated with my results because they're not the same yeah. as the first week. And it's like, hold on, you said that it's like dangerous to drive a car without a seatbelt, yet you're driving a car without a seatbelt. It's like, where? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, sense. I'm always like, I, yeah. I don't get it. Because you've got on the other side of that as well. It's like, there's so many things that like factor into when you first initially. So what we have to bring it down to at the beginning, isn't it? It's like the root, like the very, very start, like your, your misconceptions around like success straight from the off. Because usually it is right. I need to stop eating carbohydrates. I need to, and again, when we say carbohydrates, what we're we talking about here, we're talking about like pizza, like burgers. We're talking um, sweets. We're talking chocolate. What, like we're, we're listing everything that tastes nice in life. Like, so you're all of a sudden giving up all of those things. Then the second thing is like, right, okay, I need to slash my calories. Like because of my fitness pal, because of like social media, you think 1200 mm-hmm. calories is what you need to be at. Like that is the, the magical number, which again, I thought about the other day. It doesn't really make sense, right? Because actually, if you go back to what dieting ever has been, right? Like it's always said, like 30, maybe not 30 years ago, but quite some time. It's like, 
Men is two, on average 2,500. Women is on average 2,000. Yeah. Isn't it? That's like where those numbers have been plucked from. Anyway, um, so you think you need to be at as little as possible, pretty much like 1,200, even less. Like any of these kind of like Cambridge diets, like soup diets, all of these things will get you to only eat like five to 700 calories anyway. So this is what you feel like success should be. So I don't necessarily blame you, but again, this is what we've been led to believe. Then you've also been um, led to believe that you need to be going to the gym. Like you need to be exercising. You need to be running. You need to be basically burning yourself into the gym like Rocky style. Otherwise, you're never going to get the results. Like go hard or go home, right? Like this is all of like the kind of things that we think about. So when you start to break it up, every single one of those elements, like there's so many things and there's so many factors to what will determine like what your weigh-ins and uh, like what your success is going to look like. Because you may, for the first week, like stick to quote unquote your diet of these extremes of like giving up carbs, eating low calories. And that first week, maybe you went to the gym every single day and for like an hour and a half of pure cardio. So you're calorie deficit is so severe that first week, which contributes to a huge reduction in weight in that first week. However, because that isn't sustainable for you, you aren't able then to go to the gym the next week for those seven sessions that you went to. You're only actually able to do two of them. So again, your energy expenditure for that next week has been reduced massively. But again, your expectations are still from what the first week's results were, which again gets you caught into that loop of being like, oh, well, you know, I haven't been successful in the second week. I'm obviously doing something wrong. I need mm. to slash my calories more. I need to go to the gym even more. And it's yeah. like, you just get caught up in this loop, you- which is <clears throat> like, you may lose that first five pounds, but there's no, like, the chances of you maintaining that are very, Looking for it earlier, so the post I did yesterday about like, what's your biggest struggle when it comes to losing weight? And so many people put consistency and it literally is because of this. Because we expect, our expectations are completely warped and it's like, we literally so many times see a big loss in the first week and we assume it's going to continue. When it doesn't, it instantly puts us going into week two and week three on the back foot. Like we instantly have our back up a bit like, well, why hasn't it gone down as much this week? And then you come to third week and it still hasn't gone down as much as first week. And it's like your motivation starts up here after first week and it slowly just gets chipped away. And you're like, you're literally relying on your like discipline to try and withhold it. And eventually like with anything in life, if you're not getting the return investment of you putting in, you're eventually like, well, what's the point? And it's like, that's where your lack of consistency comes is your lack of a, your inability to let go of your first week's results. I think a lot of the time when they don't continue time and time again. And even when we tell you it's carbs and water, there's still this like hold that it has on people as to, well, it still annoys me and it still bugs me. And also we'll probably talk about that as well is, is we also presume it's going to be perfect. And that also comes into it. You know, it's very easy mm-hmm. to have two, three weeks playing sailing. And then I'd argue within the first four to six weeks, you're always going to have something that you would see as off plan or cause you to go off track. Yeah. It's kind of like when you, when you look at it from like a 30,000 um, foot view, like you're always, like your diet is always controlling you and you're always doing what you think you should be doing to be successful rather than actually what works for you. And this is where so many people go wrong because we have, oh Christ, like what we've had something like 50,000 people, whatever it is, like alone go through like the five day challenge. 
So we've, and inside the five day challenge that we used to do, like part of the onboarding sequence for it was like the check-in was like uh, almost like a lifestyle analysis from the off. It was like, look what you're trying to get from the challenge. What are you struggling with at the moment? And all of these things. And um, when it comes down to like the consistency of what you're saying, it was like everyone has always just tried to do what they think is right in terms of like the diets that they've heard before. And nothing has ever been built around. Oh, okay. We're back in. We're back in. <laughs> okay. I'm, we're back. <laughs> oh, hold on. And we're back everywhere. Oh, Apologies about that, team. We had a bit of a uh, a bit of a technical error. Hayden froze and then just got completely kicked out. Um, but we're back. Sorry, team. Um, so yeah, well, I, what I was saying was we've had um, all these people come through the five day challenge, and all of them were listing on their forms and saying that they were pretty much like the reason why they couldn't continue is because they couldn't man- maintain the amount of exercise they were doing in the previous program. They couldn't maintain the diet and lifestyle they were doing. But they're talking from a place of feeling like. They were just destined to never be successful because they could never adhere to these things. And it wasn't until actually, I mean, if you want to check it out, we've got loads and loads and loads of reviews um, on our Facebook page of like exactly what we go through in the five day challenge. But you'll see a lot of people say like, we've just completely transformed their dieting mindset. And actually, instead Mm. of looking at the diet controlling them, we've started to get them to control their own diet. And that has been an absolute game changer because you no longer, if you're, sorry, go on, go on. Oh, I was going to say, because if you're, the thing is, is every time you've done like a weight loss journey, you've always tried to uh, change your lifestyle to fit your diet. Mm. And it's like, that's never going to work because you're ultimately looking at whatever diet it is you're doing, especially if it's a mainstream diet, it's only done to serve one purpose, get you to lose weight. It's only had at the forefront of its means a calorie deficit. It's causing you to eat less. It hasn't ever taken into consideration your habits, your behaviors, your lifestyle, the fact that you're a shift worker, the fact that you have four kids, you're a mum, all these different things. It has literally just led to causing you to consume less so you lose weight. What you've got to realize is that actually what you need is to find something that fits in with your lifestyle that you actually can just implement within how your lifestyle is because you can't just stop working shift. You can't just give your kids away. It's like those things are normal things that you are having to experience. And if whatever you're doing when it's like a high high street or mainstream kind of fad diet type thing, it's never going to suit you long-term because ultimately you have to make some sacrifices and you have a lot of friction to actually achieve what that diet is asking of you to get to your goals. And you're only going to be able to put up with that for a certain amount of time before it literally all comes crashing down and you're back square one. Yeah. So like at this point, like we really want you to understand is like, you don't need to, like, there's no set number that you should be losing from the off. And because you don't lose maybe even a pound, just because you didn't lose a pound in the first week, mm. it doesn't mean that you're not successful. You're not doing the right things. Like, like Ryan said right at the beginning, like, be consistent, like, just have some consistency. So now we've kind of just broken down that barrier of being like, okay, well, these are the flaws that people have when they start a diet. Let's actually talk about moving forward. So, the thing that we always talk about, and if you've been listening to our podcast, you'll know that we speak about this over and over again, but it's having these process goals. Now, these process goals are so, so important because they're the daily things that you can control, which will inevitably get you to your overall outcome goal. And they're not directly resulted, like they're not a direct um, goal of the result. So say, for example, your process goal wouldn't be to lose two pounds because you can't control that. You can't control mm-hmm. losing two pounds. 
That's what your outcome goals are. Your outcome goals are what the end result wants to be, what you want to achieve. But your process goals are the daily things that you can do which will make you successful, like making sure you're in a calorie deficit through tracking your calories, making sure that you're doing your steps, making sure you're going to bed at a certain time, like all of these things. So when you start off from the off, when you start off from the off, when you start off, um, wait a minute, <laughs> when you start off, just think about, right, okay, instead of like, right, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to lose five pounds, sorry about the clickbait title, but I want to lose five pounds, be like, okay, what are the things that suit me, my lifestyle, my personal preferences that I can control that are going to take me that first step closer to my goal? So instead of thinking about, okay, I need to join the gym and I need to go to the gym five times a week, it's like, okay, is it possible for you to join a gym? Is it possible for you to join a gym right now? Is it possible for you to go to a gym twice a week at the moment? Like these are the questions you want to be asking yourself mm. because you, we have many, many members inside the academy that don't even go to the gym. And that's not me sitting here saying like you don't need to be going to the gym. It's a waste of time. Like we are huge advocates of people exercising for health reasons to offset any kind of like cardiovascular disease or anything like that. But when it comes to losing body fat, it's an energy balance equation. It's just making sure that energy balance equation suits you and your lifestyle. So if you mm. actually just prefer going out for walks and it suits your life better, fine. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is where people get hung up is they, they, they want this like um, plug and play. They want a plug and play. And what you've got to realize, I think, whenever you start a weight loss journey, nothing out there is going to be simply plug and play. It is very, and what I mean by that is something that you get given, you just start it, you follow it, and you're all good. It is going to need changing. It's going to need adapting. It's going to need moving around, depending on the feedback that you get with regards to how it's fitting your lifestyle. And I think this is where there's a lot of resistance because people get these, you know, whether it is a, a diet or they start a weight loss journey and they don't think about making adjustments, they're literally like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this. And it's going to take me from A to B and then I'm done. And it's like, well, nah, like when, even when you're tracking calories, like, we always say, even when we work out your, even when our clients inside the academy work out their calories, the first two weeks, I always say, is data collection. We are literally collecting data with regards to where these calories, where this protein, and where the little things that we've set from the off are, allow, are leaving you in relation to the results and all of the biofeedback that we're collecting. Mm. Is it, how is it for your hunger? How is it for your energy? How is it for your lifestyle? What is the progress like so far? And it's like, you basically have to start it and you have to collect data to then make these little changes as you go to find the best way. It's like no teacher ever built their maths curriculum for year one and it stays the same for 10 years. It's like they taught it a few times. Every year they tweak it, they make it better. And that's how things develop and get better. No one built a car and was like, cool, we got a car, we built it, it's got four wheels and an engine, done. It's like every single month, every single year, new cars are coming out with new features to make it better. It's like, we, there's no such thing almost as the best of anything because it can always be made better. Whether you're a human, you can always become better. A car, a weight loss diet, your nutrition, your exercise program, things can always be made better over time. The only way you get to optimal, as it were, is by constantly evolving and changing. And it's like, that's the same for nutrition and training is that you have to start with a plan that is done to the best of the available data that you have at that moment in time. And then you, as time goes on, you then make adjustments, you then make changes so that basically you're making and you're molding this to suit you. 
And then eventually you will find out what's optimal. But I'd argue even when you find what's optimal, you still have to have flexibility and leeway because sometimes the optimal nutrition and training won't always be optimal for you. You know, like it will still need to be changed. When you're on holiday, what you do at home in your routine is not going to be the same as when you're on holiday. When you start a new job, you're going to have to change things. So things have to be malleable and you have to allow that flexibility. Whereas I think people always meet resistance when they start it and they're like, cool, I've just got to do this, stick to it for 12 weeks and I'll be at my goal. Never need to worry about it. And it's like, it, it doesn't work like that. Like things have to change things. The well keeps spinning. Life, as I always say, life happens. You need to be flexible with it. And I think that's where people get stuck is where they refuse to be flexible. And they think rather than the diet being the problem, they think they're the problem. And it's like, well, you're not really. It's like the diet didn't suit you. But yes, you are part of the problem because if you're not evaluating, you're not thinking about what you're doing, then yeah, you're not going to be able to make it better. You're just going to be constantly like hurling yourself through the like through the thick mud, trying to get through the trenches to your end goal because you're so passionate and you, you're you so wanting to achieve it that you're, try- that you're trying to kind of almost just like suck up, like embrace the suck when you don't actually need to embrace the suck. Actually, you need to stop, take a take a step back and be like, okay, cool. This is really hard right now. How can I make this easier? And how can I make this better from my original kind of like base plan? Mm. And that's kind of like the art of coaching. And that's exactly the reason why people actually get so, so stuck. Like they sign up to these like 90 day beach body or bikini body plans and stuff like this. And it's like, exactly like you said, when life happens, when inevitably an event, a spontaneous event pops up, like your partner all of a sudden says, let's go out for dinner, so-and-so. You don't know how to navigate that. Like you have no idea. You're like, oh, well, you know, it, it didn't say in the plan here that I was able to go on a date night with my husband. Like, I, so I messed up. Yeah, I, I, I can't. There's yeah. no point doing this. I'll start again, you know, in a couple of weeks time. Yeah. And you wait yeah. for that perfect 12 week block to do it. But it doesn't happen. It will never happen. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's it. And you're, yeah, you're like, it, it, you're, you're almost a ticking time bomb. You're a ticking time mm. bomb just waiting for... Like you're like, oh well, I've got I've got Sharon's birthday and then I've got Christmas. So I'll start in January. Everyone assumes they're like, get Christmas out of the way and then we've got January. And then that's gonna be it. And it's like things are gonna come up in January. Like things are gonna come up in January. Things are gonna change. Your freezer's gonna break and all your food's gonna go bust. Like all these random things that happen in life, you can never stop them. You can always try your hardest, but ultimately there's always something that's gonna happen. The best plan is a plan that allows for life argue, 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 for argument's sake. And I don't think that even exists because you don't ever know what life's going to throw at you. You basically have to accept that whatever plan, whatever nutrition protocol you are following is a base. It's a base and it's almost like a, uh, what's the right word? It's like, it's not black and white, it's gray. It's like, it's never going to be like, I follow this for 12 weeks. It's like, hey, this is our base but it's going to go above the line. It's going to go below the line. Like we've got to allow this flexibility um, in the decisions that we make. Like we don't have to be rigid as human beings on the decisions that we make because otherwise that's not going to lead us to the final destination either. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you want to like, we talk about something called like the lowest hanging fruit. And this kind of is starting to build up on now about getting started. It's like you don't need to change your whole entire life from the off like you don't need yeah. to absolutely change everything like we call some like we we say like the lowest hanging fruit it's like right what's the one thing in your life right now that will have the biggest impact on change for you so let me just give you like a real uh, like a perfect example for this 
let's say you currently drink about a litre of full fat Coke a day. And that's probably equating to upwards of like a thousand calories of liquid like there. If you just change from that to a Pepsi Max, a Coke Zero, Diet Coke, whatever it is with zero zero calories, that one habit change there can literally be the thing that is going to help you lose that first five, 10, 15, maybe even 30 pounds. Like who knows? You you didn't even go to the gym. You didn't change your workout routine. You didn't do all of these things that you didn't all of a sudden change your sleep habits and like all of these things that do contribute towards your success further, but you didn't go and like completely try and reinvent the wheel. You just changed one thing. So Mm. that's what I always say to people. And like, especially when they come inside the academy and we've got them to do their onboarding assessment. As coaches, we're just looking at the one thing that they can action straight away. Like what's the one thing that can get them that quick win and get them Mm. moving? Because again, everyone knows when you have that sense of success, you feel like more and more success and that grows and grows and yeah. grows. So that's what and we build your motivation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like mm. as soon as you see those results and you see some change and that is motivating. Yeah. And like, like when, like doing something like literally, like you said, like swapping Coke out, looking at your current breakfast and you're like, okay, cool. I have a big bowl of cereal and a banana for breakfast. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, let's just swap that out for half a bowl of cereal and a banana for breakfast. It's like, You've just saved 150, ca- like 150 to 200 calories there by swapping out half a big bowl of cereal. Okay, cool. What else in my day? All right, I'm gonna- and it's like you could make two simple changes that you're not going to really notice because like you're still having a bowl of cereal. It's just a smaller bowl. You're still having the banana and maybe you swap out that, that bottle of Coke and it's like, well, damn, like you've literally made two things which have not changed your lifestyle in any way, have not caused you any stress, but you're literally going to start to lose weight and work your way to your first five pounds. And I think people see that they want this magic fancy thing. And it's like, start small. Like if you think you eat, because we hear this quite a lot on the time when people are like, oh, I actually eat quite well already. So I'm unsure what to do. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, if you think you eat quite nutritionally well, well, okay, can you just start to implement a 10 minute walk every day? Mm. And it's like, well, yeah, I could do that on my lunch break. I could easily do a 10 minute walk. Okay, cool. Start there. And they're like, what? Nothing else. And I'm like, no, just start there. And it's like there's such simple, easy things that will give you your biggest bang for your buck, but they're going to cause the least amount of friction, hence the whole lowest hanging fruit. It's like, why climb to the top of the tree to get the apple when you've literally got an apple that's within arm's reach? You haven't even got to climb up a ladder to get it. Mm. And this is where this kind of, uh, these changes happen and people overcomplicate it when it's like actually making some of the most smallest changes can often give you the best initial kickstart because it's easy, causes less friction. It gets you some initial results, works towards losing those first five pounds. And ultimately, that then leads to more motivation. You can then start to make some bigger changes, more changes, which, yes, are going to need more motivation and maybe discipline as you start to build the changes, as it were, to create this new kind of version of you. But because you've got the results you've gained prior, you've got the increase in motivation and started to build some discipline on your way, you're in a much better state um, to kind of continue to build that that plan and that kind of progress moving forward. Yeah, one of the first things that I... Um usually get people to do is uh and there's always so many like light bulb moments for people when they do this is that first week like i say when someone joins like the academy like i i completely like break apart any thought that they should ever had around like what their results should be and i i get them to straight away stop thinking about okay how can i get the best results tomorrow how can i get the best results this time next week and i break that apart and i'm like look exactly like ryan uh, explained perfectly it's like we, we, 
we're collecting data first because this is a lifestyle change for you. Like this is a this is a, the new version of you. So because we're creating this new version of you, it's going to take a little bit of time. So I used to get people to write the first week. What I want you to do is I don't want you to change anything really at all. I just want you to be, again, this is very, very individualistic of who comes into the academy. But let's say I just had someone that has loosely tracked calories their life. Like it's a lot of people that we've worked with before that have like dabbled in my fitness pal before, but never really paid much attention to it. So I might just say to them, right, week one, I don't like, I'm not going to tell you what you should be eating. I'm not going to like tell you um, like your eating habits and how they should look. I want you to just eat for your lifestyle right now so I can collect some data and see what that currently looks like. And even that simple action of me never, ever giving them one food to eat, any calories or anything like that, they now become so much more conscious of the foods that they've ate and they start to identify a little bit more. I always, and at the end of the week, I always say, what, what did you learn from this experience of like tracking for a week? What's the things you picked up? And everyone's always like, oh, my protein's really, really low. Like, I'm actually like really hungry at set time. Um, they start to pick up all of these things that we have now collected data for to provide them with a plan or a protocol moving forward. And it's actually like, you know, we've helped them identify this thing, but they've done all the hard work for it. They've gone out and done yeah. all this hard work and digging for it. It's just us as coaches, we're giving them guidance to where to place their focus in more areas than not. Yeah. And I th- yeah, and like this is what I was just I was just thinking off the top of my head. They're about like, you know, we ultimately, you know, when we're like, cool, like have a go at tracking calories. These are the rough calorie targets that we want want you to aim for at the start. And it's like exactly like I said, that in itself is collecting because you can ask her and you know, and like you can ask someone or you could write down like a food diary as to like what you normally eat. But I guarantee one, you miss things. And two, if you're doing it for someone else, you always slightly change it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you start, and also I always think I'm like, okay, cool. When someone joins the academy and they fill out their consultation forms, it's like, what, what does an average day of uh, eating look for, for you at the moment? You do that. And it's like, you get them to go away and track their calories for a week. They are completely different because as soon as we switch into this, like uh, weight loss kind of like mindset, as it were, foods change instantly. Like ev- all of the food quality is different. We eat re- more regularly than maybe you would have done before. So it's like, you that you already kind of understand like what a more nutritionally dense food is and what a non-nutritionally dense food is if we're kind of said to you like put a list out you could easily put a list out and this is what i think you got to kind of realize is that you've just got to keep it simple you've got to ultimately think about what you do now and what would be beneficial to you moving forward as to what the future you would be doing as well um, and then just kind of be honest with yourself as well. I think sometimes we can kind of not be honest with what we're doing and where it's potentially going wrong. Um, and that can often hold us back as well. You know, we can be like, oh, well, I eat healthy and, and, and I don't see why I'm not losing weight. And it's like, okay, cool. Like you eat highly nutritionally dense food, but then you like, oh, I also snack on three biscuits and I also have dessert that I didn't tell you about. And it's like, unless you're true to yourself, you, 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 that's where you're struggling as well. I kind of that was all over the place. That little kind of <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I got the, I got what you're saying. So, what we've just broken down now is obviously going into the dieting phase, like breaking apart everything that you thought about previous dieting um, to not necessarily be true. Like you don't need to be losing a set amount on the scales, that like you don't need to be killing yourself, gym, all of these things. 
And then we've now actually got you to do more of a lifestyle analysis and actually start and be like, okay, well, let's just start with something small. Like what is the one thing that's going to make the biggest change for me right now? And then this is where your process goals really do start to come in. It's like, okay, give yourself that little audit, like give yourself a life audit and be like, right, what does my current lifestyle look like? Like, what can I adhere to? So what I mean by that is the top thing, and I'll just give this to you as actual things that you can do now. The things that will make the biggest difference in your fat loss journey, number one, is making sure you're actually in that calorie deficit. Number two is actually making sure you're optimizing your sleep as much as possible. Number three is actually getting out some um, energy expenditure through steps is like increasing your NEAT because that is something that is so underrated for burning calories. Plus, you don't have the additional hung, uh, uh, additional hunger that comes with exercise than you do with doing like more steps. So you increase your steps to like 10,000, 15,000, whatever. You're burning more calories without having that initial hunger increase that you would through intensity exercises. And then the fourth thing is protein. Making sure that you're just eating adequate protein for satiation. Like those four things that you can have mm. as your process goals daily. And if you, even out of five out of the five days out of the seven, if you still make sure that you maintain those very, very well, you're still moving closer to your goal, regardless of what the scales say, regardless of what the measurements say. Like you are still taking that step forward to your goal. So what I want you to do is I really want you to actually start identifying what your process goals are. And this is where people always say to us, they're like, right, okay, so what should my steps be? And I'm like, you're asking the wrong question again. It's like, don't ask what your steps should be because there's no set number. You're getting, get, getting caught in that trap again of like, oh, how much weight should I be losing each week? It's yeah. like, no, you're asking the wrong questions. It's like, right, okay, what, how many steps do you currently do right now? Like on average, how many steps do you currently do? If you only kind do- improved. Yeah. If you only do 2,000, cool. Can you do 4,000? Mm. And it's just making these small incremental yeah. changes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it very much is breaking it down to like, where am I now? Where do I want to get to? And what are the little incremental changes that I can make that are going to slowly take me to there? People go from like, I, I only average 2,000 steps right now. So I'm going to start doing 10. And I'm like, where are you picking 8,000 steps up a day? <laughs> like without, without literally going on like an hour, like an hour, hour and 20 walk. Like, yeah. where, have you got time for that? And you're like, well, no, I'm really struggling to like get my steps in because uh, this hour and 20 walk that I like committed to doing, yeah, it just doesn't fit in my lifestyle. It's like, okay, cool. Well, look, can we just go from, like I said, can we go from two to four? Can we go from four to six? Can we go from six to eight? And it's like, once you start to build these habits, you then can increase the difficulty of the habits because you've already got the baseline habit introduced. Whereas when you're starting from scratch, if you, if you spread that distance too far, you'll just fall through the cracks and it won't work. Hmm. So I can tell you now, if you like, especially those four things that I just highlighted there, if you made them a part of your lifestyle and for your process goals, you will not only lose that first five pounds, but if you are consistent with that, you will lose your first 20, your first 30, your first 40, however much it is for you. Like I can, I can promise you that, but it comes down to, again, not getting emotional with the data, not mm -hmm. be like getting consistent with what you're doing. So just because you didn't lose five pounds in three weeks doesn't mean that you need to then break the consistency because it doesn't, doesn't work. No, stay consistent yeah. with it. Find ways of like how you can actually increase your consistency. Like again, how can you maybe adhere to your nutrition better? Like all of these other things, like they're the, 
Because those four pillars that I just gave you, like you will be successful. It's not a case of if, it's just a case of when. Like you will be successful with those. Like again, especially if you've got even say, okay, let's just break down the other three. Let's say you didn't even achieve the other three. But if you still achieve that calorie deficit, you will be successful. Like there's loads of foundations that yeah. come that are going to make it hard for you to be successful because if you're yeah. not focusing on the nutrients and stuff like that. But point being, the bottom line, energy balance, the energy balance equation is you will get results. Yeah. And I'd say there's like a little kind of end thing here is that check in with yourself. Like once you've lost that first five pounds, check in with yourself. Okay, cool. What was I doing that really led to that? Because most of the time we only check in with ourselves when it's going wrong. Mm. Check in with yourself when it's going good as well. So you can reflect, right, what's going well and why is it going well? And then, yeah, check in when, you know, and just sequentially check in. Because then you can check in not only when it's going bad, when you're like, why isn't this working? It's really frustrating me. And when it's good, you don't really think about it. But it's like, check in when it's going well and also when it's not going well. Because then you can see why it's going well and what you can continue to emulate. And then when it's not going well, why isn't it going well? And what can I do to kind of like change that? Whereas quite often we just think it's not going well, sod it, I'm out. And it's like, just take a step back, take a step back, take a breather. And every, you know, that's why we have check-ins weekly, like check in with yourself after you've lost a couple of pounds. Okay, cool. What do I do to lose these couple of pounds? I was doing this, this, this. Okay, cool. Is this working? Can I continue this long-term? Well, this is, this is a little bit difficult. So how can I maybe make this bit of my journey easier? So it's, I know that I can continue this for a longer period of time. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, Nailed it. So that team is not only how to lose your first five pounds, we've even given you a bonus. That's how to stop yourself regressing, how to progress and then progress even forward, even further forward. <laughs> even forward. <laughs> and progress even forward. Uh, and if anyone has any English literature books, send them away. Send them away. Amazing. Yeah, man. And that's it. You know, it's, Keep it simple. Start, start with the smallest, uh, easiest thing that you can do and build from there. Don't try and start at 100 mile an hour. You've got to start in first gear. Slowly work your way up. You know, you, half of you are literally just starting. You're putting in first gear and putting your foot flat to the floor and then wonder why in the car stalls or wonder why you get going, but it chugs along <laughs> and it doesn't work. Chug. And eventually you crash. So yeah, take your time and follow those points and you will literally lose your first five pounds and more. Boom. Well. Apart from that, what a pleasure it's been. What a always now we've recorded, we've recorded this at mid, midday and we definitely need to do these in the morning because when we usually do them at like four, that's when I'm flagging because we've been up early and literally, there you go. This is a good day to do. We've reflected. Time. We are yeah. going to action now. So there you go. Earlier podcasts. We always do them on Thursday and I think we should always do them at 11 on Thursday. I think that's good. Sweet. There we go. Done. All right, team. Well, look. Always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> and we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs> what? You must have heard that saying. Uh, and yeah. Take care. See you in a bit. Big love. Bye bye.